tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 118. Do you ever wonder how it would feel to get really honest with yourself and honest with God to actually dig below the surface of your life and discover what you're really thinking, what you're really feeling, what you're truly believing? In this episode of The Living Room Podcast, Jennifer Dukes-Lee gives us a tool to help us do exactly that. And oh, you guys, this new book, well, I believe it has the power actually change your life. So let's begin. Well, I am so excited to have one of my favorite people back in the living room to talk about her brand new book. Welcome, Jennifer. I'm so glad you're here. I am too. This is so fun. I remember we had a previous conversation for my last book, Growing Slow, and we talked about seasons and slowing down and just resting in the Lord. So I'm excited to see what unfolds today. Yes. And I feel like in a lot of ways, this book is a perfect um, part two of what it looks like to now not just grow slow, but learn how to live deep. And so your new book, Stuff I'd Only Tell God. Okay, I love that title. A guided journal of courageous honesty, obsessive truth-telling, and beautifully ruthless self-discovery. Talk to me, what is this book and why did you bring it to us at this time? Well, it's a guided journal. It's unlike anything I've ever written before. Any other book I've written is either a Bible study or what's called a trade book, which is a book with lots of words and lots of chapters. This book is like half a book. And the reason it's half a book is because I wrote the prompts and you know, it's a choose your adventure kind of book because it doesn't become complete until the user, the person who has that in their hands, fills out the prompts. And they are deep. Some of them are really deep. And they are also silly. And some of them are really silly. And it's literally just thousands of different prompts and questions, a way of reflecting on your past, a way of seeking healing with the Lord, a way of processing past hurts and fears. There's everything in there from pages on how to deal with addiction, uh, how to make better habits in your life. And also toward the end, you begin to look forward and be intentional about what you want your future to look like and the dreams that you have for the rest of your life. So it was really a complete package of your life up to this point and dreaming with God about what you want the rest of your life to look like. I love it. I love it. Well, I know that there are some people listening that when they hear the word journaling, they either break out in a cold sweat or they like, I, I, yeah, that's just not me. And yet uh, you say that uh, you think that journaling is important for all of us. Can you kind of unpack that? Yeah. And let me just say to the listener who feels like uh, journaling is not for me. I totally get it. I have so many unused blank page journals in my possession that I bought because I had good intentions. And also I thought the journal was pretty. But um, when I opened up the page, maybe I was good for a day or two, but then I just sort of set it aside. And this is different than that. This isn't a blank page. This is a conversation that you get to have with God where I just 
throw out the prompts so that you can get started. You don't have to guess. As a journaler, I think it can be intimidating to know where to start. And so it was important for me to find a way to help the reader or the user along because, as you said, I do buy into the idea that journaling is a really good idea. You know, I, I even think of think it's an ancient, I know it's an ancient biblical practice because when I open up to the center of my Bible and I read the Psalms, I feel like I'm reading David's journals. I'm reading his diaries. Yeah. I'm reading his honest conversations with God. And, you know, my journal is about courageous honesty and obsessive truth telling and beautifully ruthless self-discovery. And David was doing that big time. He was so honest with God. And I don't think that David would have had any idea how his words and his musings and his, all the things that he was wrestling with, give us language to do the same thing now. And that's my hope is, is to just give you permission to do the same thing because journaling is really therapeutic. Yeah. Even secular therapists will say, you know, you got to journal this stuff out. It's going to help in your healing. But for us as Christians, it goes a, another level. It goes to a deeper place because when you have a Christian worldview, you're not just journaling into an echo chamber or talking to yourself. It's really a conversation with God. And this just gives you a means to be able to do that in a meaningful way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know for me, I was a very, I still am in some ways, a reluctant writer. And so um, the thought of journaling just kind of gave me hives because I'm, uh, I always say I'm a frustrated person perfectionist with the motivational gift of laziness. And so <laughs> I assume that if you were going to journal, you had to do it a certain way. And and it had to be every day, you know, like dear diary, and it had to be just perfect. And I could never achieve that. And so journaling felt like it was impossible. But when I began to, like you said, just kind of journal my journey with God and let go of the need to do it perfect, or even think I have to do it every day. And that's why I'm really excited about this book, because it's almost like you give us journal prompts that I'm I'm actually going to walk through this book in my journal. And I can see like it's so multi-layered that I could take a whole year and just journal just in my regular journal, some of the prompts that you have for us. But what would you say to that person who says, you know what, I'm just not into that introspective, reflective sort of stuff like Jennifer, come on. I've got things to do. I'm way too busy. <laughs> I think, you know, it's possible that stuff I'd only tell tell God is not for everybody. I mean, remotely possible. Like a <laughs> slim chance that this book is not for you. <laughs> but if if I if I were to sit with a listener, one of your listeners in my home right now, um, these would be the kind of conversations that we would have at the dining room table. They're the kind of conversations that really get you thinking. You know, it's called Stuff I'd Only Tell God, but it would be a fantastic book to go through with a spouse or, mm-hmm. a, you know, like a group of women. I know dating couples that are going through it right now. Um, so maybe maybe it could be, you know, seen as a way to just go deeper in relationship with people. But my ultimate goal here is to give people a way to go deeper with God. And, um, you know, like just the other day, I filled out page 94 and um, page 94 is all these L words. And it's this year I learned, and then you put what you learned. I loved, you put what you loved. I listened to, I lamented, 
I lifted up, I lived like, and it took me a long time to fill all those out because it was important for me to reflect on the past, not just for, you know, mindless introspection, but thinking about what matters in all of those prompts helps me move forward to be more of what God has called me to Mm be, to listen to the things that he wants, to lament the things that I need to lament, to look at the things that God wants me to see, to learn new things. So it's not just about kind of rehashing the past. It's really a way of being intentional about what you want your future to look like. Mm, That's so true. You know, I was just thinking um, so often, I don't know about you, but I've kind of made my walk with God about kind of that outward thing of what I do for him. And I got to, I got to keep all the rules and I got to do all the things. But what I loved about your journal is you're kind of almost inviting us to get a little bit in touch with ourselves. Because if we're not careful, we really live very surface lives. And I think we secretly think we, that's how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be about me, Jennifer. I, I, you know, I want to just only think about God. I'm only about others. But the funny thing is, if we're not really honest with ourselves or even aware of what we really feel, I don't know about you, but stuff gets pushed down and it comes out sideways. And when it comes out sideways, it ain't very pretty. And so I love these prompts to go, okay, wait a minute. I didn't, I, I was just thinking as I was thumbing through all the prompts, there are things that I don't know. Like you're asking me questions like, I don't know. And so you're inviting me into a self, a journey of self-discovery with the Lord that can be really beautiful. And I think sometimes in Christianity, we've said, well, that's just self-centeredness. But, you know, the Bible says, think of yourself with sober judgment. That doesn't mean like think too lowly of yourself. Think accurately of yourself. Figure, let's look at some of those things. What do you think when it comes to that, like getting a little bit more aware of where we really are? I think that becoming more aware of who you are automatically has you becoming more aware of who God is in whose image you were made. Yeah. And um, there's a section in there called Me and My Weird Ways. Um, and it it explores a lot of the kind of silly, quirky things that are that make us us. Uh, but that was the really beautiful um, set of pages for me to go through as a journaler, not just creating the questions, but going through because I realized how like there really is only one me. And he was so creative in the way that he made me. And that's not me now saying, oh, look at how special I am and I'm the center of the universe. But it got me in touch more um, with how God made me even the weirdest parts of me and helped me appreciate um, me as his, as his creation and helped me appreciate him as my creator. And so there are definitely those kind of prompts in there that are about us, but there's so many too that are about God. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this one page, I think that's so important for people to think about on page 95. It says, here's a list of things I believe to be true about God. Mm-hmm. And then followed up with, with a, here's a list of things I no longer believe to be true about God. And when we begin to think about those kinds of things, we can, we can think about how our environments have shaped what we believe about God and 
Are we getting closer to knowing the true heart of who he is? Or is something getting in the way of that? I think there's a lot of ways to approach those questions. So it is about you, but it really is ultimately about God. Yeah. Well, David writes over and over the Psalms, pour out your heart, O people. Pour out your heart to God. And I think that this is such a beautiful opportunity to just, I think even just like pause, even just 10 minutes, pause with one of those prompts and work through it in it within, you know, inviting the Holy Spirit to journey with you. Because otherwise, I don't know, I just feel like we live such surface lives. What has journaling done for you, not just even in your walk with the Lord, but for you personally? Different journals have done different things. So aside from this journal, um, I have for many years kept prayer journals. And that has, when I started those, they tended to be kind of just a list of things that I wanted God to answer or people who were needing prayer. Um, and that developed more into, you know, prayers of, of praise. Um, I've got gratitude journals that have helped me become more grateful. I have story journals, like I call it a memory keeping journal that helps me to remember things that I really don't want to forget, even like little moments, because I know that even the big moments in life, like my wedding day, I don't remember a lot of things about that. And I thought that day would be unforgettable, but there's so much of it Mm -hmm. that I don't recall. And so just a long life's journey, there's just moments where I want to remember uh, some, some of it is too, as a writer, like I want to, I want to remember it and there's stories that make their way into books, but I think it's a healthy practice for all of us writers or non-writers to, um, write these things down for posterity and to look back on and remember. But one of the biggest benefits of writing, of journaling for me was it helped me to deal with my, um, past self uh, with more compassion. As an example, in Stuff I'd Only Tell God, there's um, on page 56, you write yourself a letter, the younger version of yourself, a a letter. And I I put that in there and I didn't think much about it. But when it came my time to actually write to my younger self, as I put pen to paper, I thought this is going to be ugly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, remember all of the bad things I did, all of the mistakes I made. And, you know, I'm going to scold young Jennifer. For some things and tell her not to worry about these kinds of things and blah, blah, blah. So actually, when I started to write the letter, I began to admire the earlier versions of myself, the risks that I took then that I don't know if I could take now. Uh, all of these versions of my past self, including the mistakes that I made that brought me to the woman that I am today. Um, like all of the doubts I had about God, because I was a whole nother story, like agnostic or something. I don't even know what you'd call me, but like all of those doubts and all of that pain that I experienced brought me to the moment that I am now as a a sold out believer of Jesus. So just those kinds of practices, I think then we don't live with so much regret. We begin to see that God's with me through all of that and Mm -hmm. has moved me into my present moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like even being able to see, oh my goodness, Lord, you redeemed that. Yes. What I thought would be the thing that disqualified me. Oh my goodness, you've redeemed it. I love that part of what really helped you write this book so well is that is part of your past history and being a, an investigative journaler. I love that. Talk to me about just the importance of curiosity 
and in bringing that curiosity to ourselves. Yes. So I was a news reporter uh, since I was 16 years old, actually. Then I went to uh, school and studied journalism. I worked at the Omaha World Herald and the Des Moines Register and covered politics and crime and all kinds of things. And I, I interrogated people like police chiefs or presidential candidates. I was just had a lot of guts for a, a young cub reporter. Uh, and then we moved to the farm, uh, which is a whole other story. But my my career in news ended, but I, I became a good news news reporter, so to speak. And I began to um, interrogate the Bible in the mm-hmm. same way that I interrogated police chiefs because I didn't know what I thought about the Bible. Uh, but that kind of questioning drew me into Jesus and drew me into a faith that I didn't have before. And it proved to me the power of questions, the power of asking God hard things, the power of um, asking ourselves what we really believe in and not just letting that stuff slide by. Just questions literally saved my life. And I think we're so sometimes uncomfortable with questions because if we don't get the answer right away, that can feel really uncomfortable. But I've kind of learned, even in my journaling, like to lay the question out there and just put it between the Lord and I. And somehow in doing that, it tunes my ear to hear the answers that come in unusual ways. And again, I just love, I love your questions. Here's one thing I know, you will not be bored by this book. (laughs) I love, you've got a definite structure that you kind of lead us through, but these are so delightful. You you take us deep, then you kind of take us a little light, then you take us a little. You t- it's just I'm, I'm I can't wait to work through this journal. So, what was the most surprising thing that you discovered as you worked through these journal prompts, or maybe which journal prompt was most powerful for you? There are several. One of the things, Joanna, is that there's nothing out there like this in the Christian marketplace anyway, and so. Unlike anything else I've ever written, there was no map like this is how you write this kind of a book. So it gave me permission to go into some really interesting places and just lay it out all out there. And sometimes I would say to God, do you think it's okay if I ask that question? (laughs) And just it, it was so it was just so fun. So it's hard to pick a favorite question because yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed writing it all. But there's some that I think are particularly powerful and some that are particularly fun. Um, one of the my favorite parts of the journal is um, there are sections in there called Lost in Translation. Yes, those are so great. So Lost in Translation, a little backstory. When I was in first grade, we had a um, exchange student from Brazil. She spoke Portuguese and I adored her. And she she really loved me like a little sister. And when it was time for her to go back to Brazil, she said that she would have saudade for me. And it's a Portuguese word that means that I will really deeply miss you, that I'll have a deep longing for you. And as I grew up, I that word always stuck with me. And then I began to learn when I took Portuguese in college that there is no English equivalent for it. And I wondered what other words are out there like that. And I found lots of them. And I thought it would be fun to put those words into the journal and uh, describe them and have people identify when they have felt that in their own lives. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for instance, one of the words is a Japanese word, uh, koi no yokan. 
And koi no yokan is a premonition you have when you first meet a person that the two of you are going to fall in love. And then I go through this series of questions. Have you, yes, I've had koi no yokan and here's how I knew. Or I haven't had that yet, but this is why I believe it's possible. Or I don't believe in koi no yokan and this is why. So it just lays it out there and lets you as the user decide what that word is, looks like in your life. It's so fun. Iksurpok is a really another really interesting word. It's an Inuit word that means like that kind of feeling that you have when you stand at a window or stand at the door because you're waiting for somebody to come home or you're mm-hmm. waiting for somebody to come to the door. And so I I feel Iksurpok every anytime my girls come home from college. Yes. And I think that as you listen, you're listening right now, you may have no time like you feel like sewer poke in this particular moment. So I had so much fun with those. And then one that's a bit more, you know, a little bit deeper, uh, perhaps is there's a whole section on scars, where you think about the scars on your body. But then you also think about the scars that are inside that um, are evidence of some woundedness that you faced. Mm-hmm. And you think about what scar, what what wounds still need healed? How is God healing me now? I think that's a really important exercise to go through in the journal. Yeah. All this has been so, so good. You know, for that person who says, I know that it would probably be good, but I don't, I don't even know how to start. What would be a, a baby step way for people who aren't journalers to begin to use this? Oh, that's great. And I have an idea. Uh, If you go out on Amazon right now and you click the look inside feature of the journal that you can do that when you're on the page for stuff I'd only tell God, just click look inside and you can pull that up and many of the first pages are there. So maybe um, you who are listening and aren't sure, go try one of those and see what it feels like. Or maybe pick one or two and ask your best friend or a loved one, maybe um, a child or a parent and see what they think and what kind of conversation comes about as a result of that question. And I think you might surprise yourself and you might end up being a journaler after all. Right, right. Well, and I love the idea. Maybe maybe you're just like, I'll never pick up a piece of paper, a pen and a piece of paper, but you could use these as discussion questions with a friend or, or with your spouse or children. So, so many ways to use this. One of the things I know about you, Jennifer, is you always come up with so many wonderful, just extras. And I noticed on Instagram that you've got some little cards that you can send along. And you suggest even sending this as a college little uh, care package. What What are some of the other ways that maybe people can connect with your material, especially as to do with this book? Yes. Um, so those college cards, that is a, that those are free right now on my website and you can find them on my Instagram bio. And so here's another fun thing, listeners, we are going to offer to you without purchase um, the pre-order incentive that we used for Stuff I'd Only Tell God. And it has a whole bunch of the prompts in there. It has prompts that didn't make the cut. It has a lot of my answers to some of the most provocative questions inside the journal. And I think you'll think it, it, I think that you'll really enjoy it. And um, whether or not you purchased the book, it's okay. You can have it and we'll have a link for you. Oh my goodness. That's so, that's just so generous of you, Jennifer. What is next for you? What is the Lord stirring in your heart, whether it's writing or just on a personal level? We are in the second year of life as empty nesters. And um, 
we ended up being empty nesters a year earlier than planned because our younger daughter went to college a year early. And at one point I looked to my husband um, and I said, you know what, honey, it's a good thing that we don't just love each other, that we like each other too. (laughs) And so honestly, I think that Scott and I, my husband, Scott, and I have been just doing a lot of reflecting on what life looks like in this new stage. And we're enjoying each other's company and, and looking at life through a lens that isn't viewed primarily through the lens of being parents. So that's a really exciting time for us. So exciting that I now have a bird obsession. See, that's how exciting I got in my empty nest. I now listen and look for birds. I love that. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I have an app on my phone that is, if if you love birds, people, you got to get the Merlin bird idea um, app on your phone. It's phenomenal. It can, you can, it can hear birds and know exactly, identify them for you exactly what it is. It's so cool. Oh, this has been so fun, Jennifer. I'd love to just have you pray for us. I think there's a lot of people out there who just don't even know what they know. And they don't even know what they don't know. They're just living life and really feeling like maybe they're not connected to anything or anybody right now. And first of all, I really believe that this book can help you, listener. But I'd love to have you pray for us, Jennifer, as we close. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to share about journaling and how it points to you. Thank you for um, having the communication lines open that we can talk to you anytime, anywhere, any place, through any way, like by talking, by through silence, and also through writing down answers to questions about our lives and questions about you. God, I pray right now, um, Lord, for anybody out there who is just um, going through a hard time and and um, needing your healing touch, needing your comfort, needing your assurance that you are present right now, Lord. I pray especially that you would bring them comfort, that you would um, show them that you are listening and that you are a healer and that you desire so much to be in conversation with them in whatever way that looks like. Thank you that we can approach the throne of grace with such boldness that we can um, have questions in front of you, that we can wonder and that we can share our frustrations and our fears and our anger and our sorrow, and that you just receive us with open arms. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us and rose again. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to get a copy of Jennifer's new book or check out the free resources she mentioned in the podcast, go to joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 118. You'll find all kinds of links to her amazing stuff. And even if you haven't journaled, I hope you'll take time to check out chapter one and with the Lord's help, walk through some of the journal prompts. And be sure to check out our other conversation around her book, Growing Slow. It's You'll find it at episode 69. Well, today's podcast is brought to you by my 10-week video Bible study, Embracing Trust. I'm getting such wonderful feedback from groups and individuals who've done the study. And today you can get 20% off by clicking on the study option at embracingtrust.com, then entering the code word TRUST at checkout. Socrates once said that the unexamined life isn't worth living, and I have to agree, especially when we do that examination in the light of God's love. For it's only as we get honest with Him and with ourselves 
that we're enabled to become everything God wants us to be, living and loving and leading like Jesus. See you next time, my friends.